Like the wallpaper sticks to the wall. Like the seashore clings to the sea. Like you'll never get rid of your shadow. Frank, you'll never get rid of me. Let all the others fight and fuss. Whatever happens, we've got us. Hi, everybody. Welcome to my podcast, Lessons of Life, where we just, you know, ponder upon the lessons of life we learn through these principles of mind that are governing our lives. And today, I thought we'd talk about, you know, living in 3D spiritually. Okay, so the idea is to live it objectively and to be objective during the day. You know, you step back, you look at it, you don't give it any of your emotion, any of your feeling. Okay, and if you really don't like it, you forgive it, don't give it any more attention. But, you know, in the spiritual world, it's you give to God what is God's, and that's how you wanted it to be. You know, and He makes that happen. So it's, you know, not a constant revision, but it is because it's something that you do naturally, anyways. <laughs> You've got this wrapped around your heart. Everyone does it. You know, why did I freeze like that? Why didn't I say anything? You know, I wish I had a do-over. I wish I could do this. And I wish I should have said that. And you're doing it with feeling all by yourself. <laughs> and that's what ends up coming to being. And when you meet up with that person, they're living what you sent out there. Okay? And that's why sometimes you get the hairy eyeball. And if... You know, you imagine punching someone, as we've had several patrons testify to. Something happens to you, like falling down the stairs, and you'll look like you got punched. You know, this is what's going on. There's only one being here, and it's all this substance, okay? It's this substance that is underneath everything. It's, you know, the great subconscious, some call it whatever, but it's divine love, it's infinite intelligence, it's all these things, everything. And people don't snap when they say, um, you know, well, creation is over. Yes, creation's over. Aren't you part of creation? It's over. The story's over. Okay. <laughs> they, they think it just, you know, it got created for us to come here and play. No, it's for a purpose. And that's why it's um, referred to in many ways as a family. And he's the good father. He's going to sit back and let you make your mistakes. And when you've had enough, you'll turn to him and say, I really screwed up. And you'll tell him everything. And he'll go fix it. He'll say, that's okay. Don't worry about it. It's going to get better. Did you learn your lesson? You know, yes. Don't think like that. You know, no, I'm going to punch that son of a bitch. Have a punch in the eye. That's what happens. You know, do you want to rise above that into grace, into love, into the law of love and forgiveness? Then you have to forgive. You know, you forgive, you're forgiven. 
it's a symbiotic relationship. So it's a lot of people are, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, preaching uh, parallel realities, quantum jumping, this kind of thing. It's it's the same thing. You, you flipped your mind. You changed your mind. And with the change of mind comes a change in your world. You know, and when you totally give it up to God, to the Christ within you, now it's you and your shadow walking together. Nothing can hurt you. Nothing can harm you. You two get along just great. Thank you very much. So everybody else gets along with you too. And everything goes your way. And you get all your heart's desires. And the place where we tend to forget it, and this is really emphasized in many, many stories, but you know, the one that most people tend to really uh, turn to is King Arthur and Guinevere and Lancelot. You know, and the wound that never heals. And that is you you physically, objectively fall in love with someone. And now you all play that victim bully, victim bully. When both of you should stand together, strong, one respecting and admiring the other for what they do, whatever it is they do, and, you know, considering them a great success and wishing them the best, being the good husband, being the good wife, and, you know, so that's really um, how, it, how it really is, it works, and you have to understand that if you're suffering, you need to step back and look at it and realize you're probably putting your will or somebody else's will on it. Okay? And, and usually that's just a prayer for thank you for taking my vanity away. Man, I can't believe it being so vain. Because you're seeing narcissists or vain people, or, you know. But the root of all these troubles is vanity. You know, when you're vain, you think you're better than or less than another. When you're, you know, vain, you have jealousy and envy and all this. It's vanity. It all boils down to that. You know, and you really have to get rid of it. And then for some people, it's the other side of that coin. It's serving that vain vanity. You know, no. No, I'm not going to do that anymore. And, and these things end. All these you know, ugly conflicts that we see end. And we see that with wars, how they become less and less and less. And it doesn't behoove anyone. It doesn't help anyone. It ain't no good. <laughs> what you're saying. You know, and entertainment is a great way of showing you the kind of confidence that you need to walk around in. Or the other side of that. And Gone with the Wind is one of the best movies to show this because that book is just an amazing book. And it, it really does, you know, dot all the I's and crosses all the T's when it comes to seeing how this works out. So, you know, um, you've got your ones who admire and respect themselves and won't take anything from anyone, which is scarlet and red. And you have the ones that are very giving and um, understanding 
and they're um, Melanie and Ashley and these two couples are battling it out when they're alone with each other it's all wonderful okay but in Scarlett's case she began to judge her husband and she really did admire and respect him she did love him with all her heart but she judged she was a judgmental person and both of them represent uh, the conscious sides of these two couples going on they're the conscious couple and the other couples the creative imaginative juju couple and the movie was so long, it was three hours, that they did an hour and a half and then a 15 minute uh, intermission and then the other hour and a half. And the scene right before the intermission comes up is Scarlett has escaped Atlanta. You know, Rhett's got to go do what he's got to do. And she feels like everyone's left her in the lurch. She's got this woman who's just had a baby who's sick, now she's got these people who depend on her and she's gotten home which is what her goal was, I'm gonna get home no matter what and she did and I'm taking all these people with me, we're all going home you know and they all got there and Rhett came to help you know and of course he loves her and, and so they did, they get out there and she's so hungry, she goes to the field and digs up a turnip and it's dirty and she bites into it and tries to eat it and she ends up throwing up. And then she's like has her hand in a fist and she's angry, but she's not angry, you know, she's resolved. I'm never going hungry again. <laughs> and that means everyone else who comes with her. <laughs> and so she and Melanie are there at the plantation. You know, Red's off doing his thing and Ashley's been in a prison and he's been let loose. And so as the war ended and the soldiers start coming home, you know, as they cope by, Melanie's always offering them food and it's pissing uh, Scarlet off. She's like, Millie? Stop giving away all the food. She said, no, no. Come on now, Scarlett. You know, I just can't say no to these men. We have plenty. She says, yeah, yeah. I know you'd give them the, your own plate of food if we didn't do it. So she does it begrudgingly, but she does it. She does what Melanie wants. Okay, and she just doesn't get it. But okay, Melanie, I know one thing. You won't eat if I don't feed them. So they eat. Okay. <laughs> and people would say she's always scheming to get money. No, she's always getting all these ideas. And they're a floodgate of ideas. And what do you really want to do? What do you want to be? You know, and well, I need capital. You know, I'm going to do this. I need capital. And so she goes out and gets it. You know, she tries to get it from Red right her divine self other her passion but he laughs at her he thinks for himself that's why they get along so well you know and a lot of people would say they don't get along but they do they stimulate each other they help each other that's their role okay and he teases her and 
but he loves her. He loves her feistiness. He loves everything about her. Everything that she tries to change so that Ashley will love her. But she wants to love Ashley carnally, passionately. And he doesn't see her that way. And it's this misunderstanding going on about love. And he keeps telling her, I love you, you know, but I'm with Melanie. And she just won't accept it. So, you know, she tries to be nasty and mean to Melanie, and she, it just never works. Melanie just loves Scarlet. That's all there is to it. You know, so they uh, go through this life journey together. And you can see it, how there's nothing, even in the face of adversity, that Scarlet doesn't go out there and face. And when she doesn't want to, Rhett makes her. Okay, and he helps her. He's really trying to help her. Go face your judgments. And Melanie refused to judge. And anyone that was with her, she refused to see them judge her. Welcome, my sister Scarlet. And they'd all been jibber-jabbering and talking about it. <laughs> Making up a story. When all it was was an innocent hug and kiss, they were putting it away. Okay, Scarlet was. You, I, I get it. I see what you mean. Yeah, you know, and she only halfway got it. She didn't really get it until the very end of the movie. It's a great movie. She really watched it. It was a really breakout movie. All kinds of Oscars were won, and one of them was for Hattie McDaniel. She was just amazing in this movie. One of the best actresses in Hollywood at the time. So it's a real joy to watch, and I hope you will. It really teaches us the whole story about the misunderstanding of love, okay? That she spends all this time, you know, decades, chasing a love that's just not meant to be, okay? You already have the perfect love. Look at him. He loves you. And then there's this heart-wrenching scene where they've, she's fallen, and she's miscarrying, and she's calling his name, and nobody hears him, hears her to call his name. And he's distraught. He's just out of his mind. And, you know, Melanie comes, and she shouldn't really be out because uh, she's pregnant. So she goes in there and she just gives her love to Scarlet and finally gets her to rest. But the one thing Scarlet really wanted was red. You know, and he's staying away from her because she's pushed him away. And he wants to start over. They were starting to come to the realization they need to start over. Let's start over. And that's when they lost the child. You know? But that was the moment they should have been coming together, you know, and she pushed him away. She made a real judgment that day, okay, and she hurt herself. She felt like she was responsible, and she blamed him, but she really knew. She knew before it happened it was going to happen, so she felt very responsible. In the end, though, you know, he leaves, and 
she vows she's going to get him back and get my man. And that's, you know, now that she understands love, she knows she will. She doesn't know how. She just knows she will. And he may think she's annoying and a, you know, a pest for a while, but he'll see, you know, he'll see. And she'll just keep living her life and being her best and sending him invites and <laughs> doing whatever she does. So I hope this helps. Blessings to you. It's just my two cents. And if it helps, I I'm really blessed. Thank you for being you.